a marvelous day. We're coming at you from sunny Richmond, Virginia. Is it sunny outside? I have no idea. <laughs> we can't see the outside from this place. We're in a basement and it's sad. sad it's, it's cool. happy what are we talking about today oh hi i'm kaylin hi <laughs> welcome to eat crime a podcast full of delicious mysteries i'm amy and i'm caitlin and today we are talking about dum 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 doctors who kill md doesn't just stand for murder <laughs> <laughs> murder <laughs> M.D. Murder. Johnson, M.D. Murder. Stands for murder. Yes, we're talking about Achillodactus. We're continuing our throwback episodes. We've uh, released this. If you followed us from the very beginning, you have maybe heard this, but hopefully it's a little bit better. We've gotten some more information for you and some better equipment, and it'll sound a little more professional when we talk about this it only sound better to your ears the content will not sound more professional we're still stupid <laughs> we're actually really good at some science stuff you always like try to <laughs> try to be like actually we're not that bad because <laughs> i don't want people to think we're just super dumb because we're not hmm. we just our brains and our the words that come out of our mouths. Our brines. Our brines. <laughs> we just... Case in point. If this were a written podcast, it would be fine. Yeah, so we're trying to be a little bit more, um, cash. Cash. It's casual, you know. Plan C stands for plan casual. <laughs> plan casual. Plan casual. So join us on, pretend like we're just sitting in your living room chatting with you about murder. Two strangers that you've never met sitting in your living room. Talking about murder and eating snacks. That's who we are. Sounds like friends to me. I think that sounds great. Like a sleepover. Okay, so who's, uh, who who are you talking about today? Well, my story doesn't start with the doctor. Oh. My story starts on July 19th, 1984. In Stockholm, Sweden, where garbage bags filled with the remains of prostitute Katrine da Costa were found near an underpass. Missing from PSA, those. PSA, don't rando not. <laughs> <laughs> Missing were her head, a breast, genitalia, and internal organs. That's a lot of stuff missing. Yeah. Yep. And let me guess, they were all removed with expertise and clean cuts i have no idea that information was not provided oh (laughs) they were just missing from from the bags that's usually how they say you know how they can figure out if it's like somebody who's a surgeon or a doctor or a veterinarian or something uh that does come up later okay but i don't think it comes up when they discover katrine Dr. Teet Harm, a well-known criminal pathologist, <laughs> reconstructed her body and identified her via fingerprints. His first name is Teet? Yes. How do you spell that? Teet Harm. T-E-E-T. Teet? H-A-R-M. Teet Harm. Dr. Teet Harm. He harmed her teeth? Well, he was just doing the reconstruction. Oh. So he did not do... Wait a second. The reconstruction. Oh, 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 okay. He was, he's a criminal pathologist. Oh, I see, yeah. You said reconstruction, and I immediately went to, like, breast Deconstruction? Recon- no, breast reconstruction. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I would not have my breast reconstruction done by somebody named Dr. Teet Harm. <laughs> That's the opposite of what I want. <laughs> no cause of death was determined. A week later, the body of another prostitute, 26-year-old Annika Morris, was discovered in a park. Dr. Harm reported that Annika had, quote, savage, had, I guess, been, quote, savagely raped and then strangled and mutilated. Where does this take place again? Sweden. Okay. He believed that the person who committed this murder was also responsible for the murder and dismemberment of Katrine. 
He told the investigator in Moore's case that, quote, this surgery was done in a very professional manner. Aha, the person it. who did this must have medical training, unquote. Aha. On August 1st, 1984, the body of 27-year-old Christine Cravache was found in the red light district district of Stockholm. You know I've, I've been to the red light district? I do know you've been to the red light district. Have I told you that before? Yes. You Weren't just, you just... You could a, just tell. <laughs> I can tell your innocence <laughs> has been ripped from you. Uh, weren't you just a young child? I was um, 12. Just wandering away from your parents into the red light district I was with a friend's parents. We went to... Very liberal parents. <laughs> the Netherlands. We were in Amsterdam. And we were walking around and we got lost. You're, you have been all over the world. Here you are just traveling with a friend's parents. <laughs> a I've friend and her family. many opportunities to with travel. With some rich friends. That's what you've been blessed with. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I've been, it was all just luck, I think, really. <laughs> um, and we went and we got lost and we were walking around and I remember we were walking in front of her parents and it was just like this really kind of, it was a, it was a street that just didn't have anybody on it. Like there wasn't any cars. It was just kind of like barren. And then we look up and see, like, some lady in a window. And we're like, well, that's weird. And we were like, she's sitting on a stool naked holding a phone <laughs> on her lap. And we're like, uh. <laughs> Ma'am, where are your clothes? Her parents are like, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> They're like, no, we got to turn around. <laughs> wrong way, wrong way. <laughs> and then later she was like, we walked right into the red light district. <laughs> there should be signs. <laughs> really? I mean, were there red lights? Were the windows lit by red lights? Dude, I have no idea why it's called the red light district. Well, usually, like, the windows are lit by red lights. It was during the day, so I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) Thank goodness it wasn't at night, my word. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't remember that part. I think I was more focused on the fact that there was a naked lady in the window. That does seem very jarring. I was like, what is happening? Where are we? What have you led me to? So I googled why do they call it the red light district, or I actually googled red light district meaning. Because of tradition of the red light, the red light district name is assigned to any area where prostitution is frequent. Well, that didn't really answer my question. What is what do red lights mean here? Stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I've been zooming past those. I've been wondering why there's been so many beepings. <laughs> No, I mean, like, you know how if you put blue up in your window, it's for the police. If you put green up, it's for, like, the military. Do red lights mean anything? Probably not. Christmas? I don't know. I don't think you would want to put a red lamp outside your house because, I mean. It's a little scary, honestly. According to this person on Quora, uh, originally the houses of prostitution put out a red lamp to signal that they were open. So maybe that lady was just preparing. Yeah, maybe she wasn't, she wasn't open yet. She wasn't open. She's just <laughs> not open for business. <laughs> she's just living in there. She's just practicing. Maybe she's, an apprentice or <laughs> she's getting into character. <laughs> yeah. So Christine Cravache had been strangled and stripped naked. One woman, Lena Befores, told police that she had information about who committed these murders. Mm. Well, who could have done them? Lena. She, along with another Lena, Lena Grands. A woman named Katz Falk and another Lena, Lena Manson. Maybe that's like the Sarah of maybe Sweden. And a woman named Lotta Svensson disappeared in the weeks following this the discovery of Kravash's body. So she told them that she had information and then she disappeared? No. She was the only Lena that did not disappear. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of missing Lenas. Yes. Police decided to start their investigation in the red light district. Good job. <laughs> Because that's where all these women have gone missing from. (laughs) I think we should start right where all the murders happen. Okay. (laughs) Good plan. All of the prostitutes were asked to to provide any information about strange men uh, that they had encountered. You mean every man that they encountered? I literally put in parentheses, and they received several bits of information. (laughs) Yes, because they are prostitutes. Yeah, they encounter a lot of weird men. Almost all of the women mentioned a man who drove a white Volkswagen Rabbit. A what now? A Volkswagen Rabbit. What is that? I gotta look that up. An older model of a Volkswagen. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm not excited about that. It doesn't look like a rabbit at all. <laughs> maybe it's speedy like a rabbit. Or maybe it hops. Wow. I hope not. That would be a rough ride. They're actually kind of cool looking. If you want to be Maybe we'll retro. post a picture on Instagram. Okay. When police looked into the elusive, quote, man in the white VW, unquote, they found a match. Dr. Teet Harm. <gasps> Dr. Teet Harm was born in Stockholm, Sweden in 1953. His professional interests included suicide by strangulation and the methods of sexual psychopaths. What? Just his professional interests. Just his... And his, uh... uh... <laughs> no, no, just his professional uh, interests. Okay, all right, sure. <laughs> no personal interests here, just professional. Police brought Harm in for questioning and searched his home. During the search, they uncovered a photo of Harm's wife choking to death. Choking to death? This was not only weird because it was a photo of her choking, but she had reportedly hung herself in 1982. Oh. So isn't that weird that there's a photo of her choking to death? How would they know she was choking to death in a picture? I don't know. I've stumped you. You have stumped me. There was just a photo of her being choked? Yeah. Maybe there's another photo of her looking dead. I don't know. Okay. Look, I'm not here to be completely accurate. <laughs> Clearly. I told you, when I talk, it doesn't make any sense. Yep. Detectives got a hold of The Lancet, which is a medical journal, and discovered that Teed Harm had actually published his own crimes, which were, you know, like the, the crimes of the women he had done the autopsies on. He published them? Well, in the medical journal. Oh. He had, like, written about, like, oh, you know... This 24-year-old female. He didn't say, like, I did this. No, no. no. Police didn't have enough evidence against Dr. Harm to hold him in custody, so they released him. However, his employer was like, um, no, you're fired. (laughs) Uh, too many coincidences, Dr. Harm. So, police focused- Starting with the fact that your name is Dr. Harm. (laughs) Dr. Teed Harm. So, police focus on a new suspect, Thomas Algren. There was some discrepancies in the uh, articles I was reading about what his actual name is. Some people called him Thomas Algin. Some people called him Algin Thomas. So I'm just going to call him Thomas Algren. Okay. So Thomas Algren was a general practitioner whose wife went to the police worried that their toddler was a victim of incest at the hands of her husband. No evidence of abuse was found by doctors, and police dropped him, although some sources say he admitted to inappropriate feelings towards his daughters and even said that uh, Dr. Harm was there when he molested his daughter. All of those things are very disgusting. Algren and his wife then separated. 1985 rolls around and the bodies of two of the missing women, Lena Granz and Kat Falk, were found submerged in a car near Hammerby. Sorry. I almost said Harambe. Oh. That's how this all started. Harambe. It was reported that their cause of death was similar to that of the other victims. Algren comes back into the picture when his F-wife... Why can't I talk? (laughs) Algren comes back into the picture when his ex-wife goes back to the police, stating that their daughter has been talking about having seen her father with his new friend, none other than Dr. Teet Harm. (gasps) And guess what she said she saw? Murder. Them dismember a body. Uh, mm. With a power saw. You're not going to like say something about that until after the police are like, hey, did you see anything weird? Well, well, she was two at the time. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So she said that she was two at the time that she witnessed this, but it was not until she was five when she spoke up about it. And she actually How do you gave bring that up when you're five years old. It was probably just something that she mentioned. She probably didn't even think it was weird. Do you remember that time that daddy had that bloody hand? Had his, in his friend hand? over. <laughs> so she actually testified in court, uh, and when she was five, in January of 1986, a Japanese student, Tazunga Toyonga, oh. yeah, to- Toyonaga, Tazunga Toyonaga was found strangled and mutilated in Copenhagen. So things are getting very strange. Is it a man or a woman? I think it's a woman. Okay. And uh, they seem like they're connected somehow. Hmm. But the Prime Minister Olaf Palm 
was murdered in 1986, which put the cases of these serial killer doctors on hold. Because what people... is going on? In... I thought Sweden was supposed to be like a happy place. Apparently not. Uh, so ladies, yeah, I guess. Better now. On October 2nd, 1987, Harm was arrested for the murders of seven prostitutes, the Japanese student and his wife. Algren told the police that Dr. Harm would pick up the prostitutes, take them to the morgue, and strangle them and then dismember them. I'm not quite sure why he would take them to the morgue. Well, that's just convenient. <laughs> it's very creepy. That's like, what it is. Uh, we have a um, uh, uh, somebody who's been murdered. We need you to, you know, um, do an autopsy on him. Like, oh, I already have her here. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't worry about it. I got her. No, 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 dude. You're supposed to say that after I kill her. Oh, okay. Jeez, dude. Ruining my date. <laughs> Harshing my vibe. He also told police that Harm wanted to get rid of all the prostitutes and would even eat their flesh. Mm. That's one way of getting rid of all That's the prostitutes, disgusting. I guess. He was sometimes referred to as the vampire doctor because in addition to cannibalizing the woman, he would drink their blood. Okay. All right. Yeah, this guy's disgusting. She. He kept the heart of his wife on display in his office, as well as the brains of some of his victims. And I guess the police didn't look in his office and were like, hey, um, who do these belong to? These brains. (laughs) Because that's weird. We found this woman and she's actually missing her brain. So (laughs) is this hers? Um, during the trial, Algren's daughter, who is sometimes referred to as Harm's daughter, but I'm pretty sure it was Algren's daughter, testified in front of the jurors. There was 12 of them. How old was she at this time? Do we know? I'm not sure. I think she was five when she originally testified, but I'm not sure during this trial how old she is. Uh, How young can you be to testify? It's kind of, that's kind of the thing. Because she was two when she saw all of this, yeah, it goes to the point of, like, well, how accurate are her memories? Not only was she two at the time, but now it's been at least three years since she saw it. Generally, children as young as three or four years old may qualify to testify, but some children are simply too young or too immature to be competent witnesses. Yeah, I mean, there have been cases of little kids being like, Oh, yeah, Daddy said that Mommy was going on a trip, but then I saw Daddy dragging Mommy through the backyard. Yeah. Like, well, it says in order to determine whether a child is competent, the judge will interview the child. Yeah, they interview them and they say, like, do you know what a lie is? And do you know what telling the truth means? And, like, if I tell you that this apple is blue, is that a lie or the truth? Like, I've seen, yeah. I've seen like, interviews with kids when they're going to testify. Right. Which I'm sure to them, like, I'm sure it's scary, but it probably doesn't really feel like that big a deal. They're like, oh, I guess I'll just go up here and talk about what I saw. Uh, The two men were found guilty of the murder of Katrine DaCosta and given life sentences. In 1988, the two men were given a retrial and the judge said that there was too much doubt, so the men were actually released. (gasps) What? Yep. The murder of Katrine, referred to as Stick Mordet, or... Uh, cutting up murder and the other prostitute murders sparked an outrage in the swedish community it was the center of several documentaries books and articles not to mention public marches that ultimately led to the prosecution of men who hire prostitutes it is said that stieg larsson author of girl with the dragon tattoo was inspired by the brutal rape he witnessed as a young teen and the murder of katrine DeCosta. oh my gosh it's awful DeCosta. Was the awful. end? Man. Yeah. Well, it's time for snacks. <laughs> uh, we really need to figure out a less awkward way to go from murder to snacks. With the dextronym dramatic. <laughs> That's it. That'll do Pull that. it together. All right. <clears throat> Hi there. I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. And together we make up the Drunk Dish podcast. Love history, love food, love getting absolutely blitzed? Then Drunk Dish is the podcast for you. Every episode, we explore the quirky and sometimes dark side of food history, adding political commentary and our own flair for the dramatic. In every episode, we try a new drink and learn the history of our favorite cocktails. And we drink while we do it. Find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you listen.
Bye. Bye. I'm reaching into our magic bag. <gasps> Yay, snack time. What did I pull out? <gasps> A Smarties necklace. Aww. What every girl in the early 2000s wore as actual jewelry. Jewelry you can eat. A good crunchy jewelry. A good crunchy, crunchy yum yums. For those people who missed out on this era, it's just a bunch of hard candy on a string that you can wear. I liked the watches. Oh yeah, they had a giant piece of candy in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a picture. I, I really, you know. Let's have a crunch. Not too far. Not too close. Not too close. Hmm. Break your teeth. Mm-hmm. See, the thing about these is, like, I mean, it's kind of a novelty thing, because once you eat the candy, it's just a stretchy string. <laughs> now you've got a stretchy string around Now you've now. got a string. Now you can play Cat's Cradle. Oh, I love that game. I'm trying to figure out if the different colors taste different. Also, there is no pattern. Ugh, I don't <laughs> no. like the yellow. The blue one's good. Yeah, the blue one's not bad. I did not like the yellow. They're definitely different flavors. The white yeah. one is no flavor. <laughs> you have white ones? What? You don't have white ones? No. What? Do you have white and yellow? Yeah. I have no white ones. Maybe that's why they don't have a flavor. Not one. That's weird. I have white, yellow, blue, and pink. <coughs> <laughs> I just have blue and pink and yellow. Oh. I think I definitely like the blue the best, though. Yeah. The yellow tastes like cleaner. Well, I don't want this at all. <laughs> These are disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. The actually, pink ones are gross. Yeah. I actually like Smarties. These are not These Smarties. These are not Smarties. I need coffee to cover that up. Gross. And I don't even like this coffee because they put cinnamon in it. Oh. And I don't like cinnamon. Are these candy cigarettes? They are. I've never had a candy cigarette. You pulled out a candy cigarette. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I've never had these before. Smoking was discouraged in my household in any form. I remember one time I had a candy cigarette and I had the window down and we were driving and I like pretended to smoke it <laughs> and people driving driving by were like, huh? "You're like seven. This is quite disappointing. These look more like blunts than they do cigarettes. <laughs> look. They look like actual paper. Are they paper? I don't know. I've never had them before. They smell, one. they smell minty. Would you like me to throw you one? Sure. Do you want to take a picture of them? You can. Oh, you missed. Here. That's a, a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> there's more. Are you going to throw another one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I don't know that we should take a picture with these. Because they look like... Because uh, they look illegal. like blondes. Take a picture of the uh, the cover, though. It tastes like Pepto-Bismol. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Did you used to eat these as a child? Is this a throwback snack for you? This is Pepto Bismol. Grow up snack. <laughs> this is Pepto Bismol. Ugh. So essentially, ugh. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> candy, candy cigarettes. Ugh. Are do you need to drink something? I do. Jeez. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Uh. Apparently, candy cigarettes are just white sticks of gross there's no like filter tip on it they didn't <laughs> even like dye it to make it look like a cigarette it's just a white stick a white hard stick that when you eat it i mean i'm assuming it's edible you eat it and it's it's just it's medicine i feel like we need to try what another snack just to redeem this yeah maybe this was just two and one that were both awful you can't even breathe it in. Let's do let's do these guys. These were a favorite of mine when I was little. What are they? Nickel lips. Nickel lips. Nickel Nic lips. Nickel nips. 
What did I say? Nickel lips. Oh, nickel nips. Nickel nips. There were wax lips. I chose not to get those. Oh. Because the first ingredient was wax. Yeah. I was like, mm, I'm good. So, so these are, we have to take bottle pictures of these. Bottle pictures? Yeah. So these are wax bottles that have juice in them. And you bite the top off the bottle and then you drink the juice. But when, at, at my height of consumption with these i had braces so i would actually save the wax from these and use it when i would break my braces oh so it was tasty and uh, yes. useful because i mean the the wax that the den- the orthodontist gives you is much better than the wax for braces uh reasons i can't i'm so what sorry are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> braces reasons <laughs> The function of the wax is much better with the ones that the orthodontist actually gives you. But this was also fun, and you could find these pretty much anywhere in a pinch. Yeah. I would go to the grocery store and just get some of these. What color would you like? Or colors, I guess. I would try... I will try the orange. And what other colors? Oh, I have to try two. Yeah. Um, I'll do the... Uh, I'll just do the red. Okay. So you break them apart. All right, I'm going to try the orange first. You bite off the top. I'm not looking forward to this. Oh, are you okay? Yeah. Does it take a long time to suck it out? Well, if you mm. bite just the little cap off, yes. But I used to bite further down. I don't be completely honest with it. Um, I don't remember really having these as a child. Why did you buy them? Why did I buy them? Because I remember them. Oh. I just didn't really have them. All right. Oh. <laughs> you know what they taste like. What? They taste like um, if you don't freeze your Freezy Pops. Oh, yeah, they do kind of taste and, like Or that. like the juice at the bottom mm-hmm. that melts. The yellow ones always taste really bad. Taste super oh, really? artificial. Are they supposed to be lemon? Yeah. The lime ones are good. The green ones. But uh, I think they used to have a blue one. Maybe not. You know where we should have gone for throwback snacks? Where? Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can do like a 50s throwback. Maybe for a whole month we could just eat the candy canes from Cracker Barrel. (laughs) They have great candy canes there. (laughs) You're not enjoying them? Not really. Is this another bad snack? I mean, did you like it? I mean, they're nostalgic for me, so yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> we just have a pile of bad candy in front of us. Maybe it's a good thing that candy has evolved. <laughs> Except for the whistle pop. How I mean, can you go wrong? I mean, who was like, let's take, let's make a candy that is 80% wax <laughs> and then put a little bit of flavored liquid on the inside. You're supposed to chew them. What? You're supposed to chew the whole thing? Yes. I love how you said that you didn't get the wax slips because the first ingredient was wax, and the first ingredient on this is also wax. (laughs) Well, now that wax is stuck in my teeth. Yeah, you chew them and you get the little bits of juice out of them. I used to like the bottom pieces because they were thicker. Good for braces. Are you still chewing on it? No. I was just like, I don't understand what's happening here. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's get into some murder. So the doctor that I chose. Who is he? H.H. Holmes. I need to clear my space real quick. Dun, dun, dun. I need to get all this bad candy out from in front of me. From in front of me? Maybe, from, do you need a different snack? Do you want to go upstairs and get you a, a more substantial snack? No. So that you're not grumpy? <laughs> I'm not grumpy. I'm just mad that the candy is so bad. Uh, you seem a little grumpy. <laughs> I'm ready to listen to your story about my art. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, thank you. I just like having a clean space to listen. No distractions. Yeah. I mean, I love distractions. But... I know you do. Okay. Alright, so my story starts a hundred years prior to your story. Oh my god. Over a hundred years prior to your story. Oh my gosh. I know. Kicking it back to H.H. H. Holmes. 
who was known as the first American serial killer. Can you believe it? I can't. He is believed to have murdered anywhere between 27 and 200 people. It's quite the range. It is a big gap. Who knows what he actually did. H.H. himself, that's who. H.H. himself. Triple H. The The legend of H.H. Holmes and the reality of H.H. Holmes were very different. He was portrayed as a crazy psycho murderer who killed hundreds of people, mostly from the World's Fair in Chicago. Um, The place that they classified as his murder murder castle was supposed to be the place that all this happened, about three miles from the location of the World's Fair. More realistically, he was a pathological liar, a fraud artist, a manipulator, and a sociopath with no ability for human compassion. (laughs) Which one's worse? I don't know. They're both worse. They're both worse. (laughs) The famed H.H. Holmes was born with the name Herman Webster Mudgett on May 16th, 1861 in New Hampshire. You can't be a serial killer with a name like Herman Mudgett. Yeah, you need something better like H.H. Holmes. He was the third of five children, right smack dab in the middle. And you know what they say about middle children. What do they say, Caitlin? They're prone to murder. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but okay. What were you going to say? They're easily forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. See, they usually have to try to, like, struggle to make a name for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. He grew up on a farm and was raised as a farmer. (laughs) You know. Okay. As often farms have a way of doing. Rumors have circulated that his father was abusive and neglectful, but that's not really confirmed. Maybe that's just somebody was like, hey, maybe his his dad was really terrible and that's why he acted this way. But don't know that for sure. All right. He married a woman named Clara in 1878 and they had a son named Robert. It was rumored that as he grew up, he had an interest in anatomy and death. And like many psychopaths, he killed animals as a kid and dissected them. I'm really Confirmed. glad that our interest in anatomy and death did didn't, not didn't form into, into a murder. Yeah, murder I'm, I'm thankful for that as well. So his interest in anatomy and death led to him going to college to become a doctor. He started out at University of Vermont, and later he transferred to the University of Michigan and passed his examinations in medicine and surgery. This is his son? No, this is him. Oh. He began working under the chief anatomy instructor and spent a lot of time dissecting humans. Gross. Weird. It's not quite weird because it was something that... Uh, you're right. I mean, still, yeah. Still occurs in medical school today. Right. That's true. I have stories of a pit of bodies that used to be retrieved with a fishing hook type thing. What, what are you... What? I had a professor in college that went to medical school and did cadaver studies and they had like a pit of dead bodies and they would like hook a body and bring it up from this like a giant pit, claw like a well game? yeah yeah <laughs> like a sick claw game <laughs> yikes and they would dissect the body That's I mean awful. you and I dissected some weird things in college Ugh. For class, not for yeah, fun. Yeah, I've got a story about that, too. Oh, gross. Those fetal pigs. Yeah, that's so bad. So, rumors spread that he was abusing Clara, and she left with her son before Holmes graduated. So, the rumors were probably true, I would guess, that she was a little upset. Yeah. Took her son. After graduation, Holmes moved to Philadelphia and worked briefly in a pharmacy before moving to Chicago. It's worth noting that there was a young boy who went missing who was last seen with Holmes in Philadelphia, but Holmes denies anything to do with his disappearance or death, and it's never been confirmed. Just a little side note there. During his time at school, Holmes, which who he was then called Mudgett, got away with many insurance frauds. He would take life he would take out life insurance policies on people and then use a cadaver from school to claim they were dead and collect the insurance money. Yeah. Yep. Is that a thing? Like now? Oh no. Oh, you just said it like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. No, that sounds like something he would do. Right, yeah. So Didn't he also, like, sell the body parts of his victims? Oh, yeah, I'm getting He, like, sells their organs and mm-hmm. stuff. To his own medical school. I know, it's just... And had, they weren't like, he, where are you getting all of these dead bodies, Mudgett? He really budget? had a, quite a revolving door of income. He was just like, get them coming in, get them coming out. Okay, it wasn't enough that he's going to be a doctor, which is arguably one of the most well-paid careers. <laughs> he needed to kill people and sell their bodies as I well. I know. 
Calm down, Mudget. A little, uh, what do they call that? Greedy. Greedy. <laughs> <laughs> because of his criminal activity, when Mudget moved to Chicago in 1886, he decided to change his name to Henry Howard Holmes, or H.H. Holmes, to avoid getting caught for his insurance scams. <laughs> while in Chicago, Holmes, while still married to his first wife, marries his second wife, named okay. Murda, and they had a daughter together. I mean, what was divorce back then? I'm done with you. We're yeah. getting divorced. Okay. Was it really a thing? How much paperwork was involved much in a marriage? How much was legal? How much wasn't? I mean, and that begs into question, was marriage legal? Like, did you have to sign documents on something? Right. That's what I was saying. Like, how much paperwork was involved in getting married back then? I don't know. Maybe if you just divorced, you just burned it. <laughs> like, you just burned the papers. Like, they don't exist anymore. We're divorced. Burn the whole thing down. Okay, so now uh, he's married to his murderer. <laughs> to his murderer. <laughs> and they had a daughter together. What's her daughter's name? Hmm. Oh. Murda is sounds like kind of a a casual way of saying murder. Murder. <laughs> gonna murder ya. Yeah. <laughs> After arriving in Chicago, Holmes begins working at a pharmacy owned by a couple named the Holtons, who found Holmes to be very trustworthy, and they eventually sold their store to him. There is a widespread rumor that both of the Holtons disappeared, but they were most definitely not killed by Holmes, as they outlived him. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, how so. did they know if they disappeared? It's it. There's always this story that's like, well, H. H. Holmes uh, worked in a pharmacy, and then the owners of the pharmacy disappeared, and then he took over the pharmacy. But what really was was that they sold it to him, and I don't know that they disappeared, but they didn't because there's record of them dying after H. H. Holmes dies. Oh, okay. There was a large lot of land across the street from the pharmacy that Holmes bought and decided to build a giant three-story quote castle on holmes was first and foremost a scammer he would weasel his way out of paying for anything including the work materials and labor that went into building his castle and switched companies frequently during the construction the castle he built had hundreds of rooms secret doors and passageways hallways that would lead to nowhere and chutes that would lead down to the basement the rooms were filled with furniture that he would buy not pay for hide claim he never received them and then sell for a profit it sounds like the winchester home it kind of is, except like, it's a giant scam house. Right. I think I think uh, the Winchesters probably paid for all of those additions. They yes, just... I think so. She was very rich. Yeah. Also, by the way, anytime you say the Winchesters, I immediately think of Supernatural. Never seen that show. Ugh! You must. It is so it's, good. It sounds a little bit too teen drama for me. No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's not. It's really good. You have to say, like... Sarah Winchester, for me to know you're talking about the house. Who is named Winchester in that show? The two brothers, Sam and Dean Winchester. Oh, they're brothers? Yeah. Well, I thought they were just friends. No, they're brothers. Oh, okay. It's a, I'm telling you, like, this can go off I literally know nothing about the you show. You need to watch this show, okay? It is so, so good. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's one of those things you have to kind of get into. But once you get into it, you are hooked. Maybe I'll watch it with Ian. Hooked. Okay. <laughs> Hooked. Hooked. The third floor of the castle was built to be a hotel designed for the thousands of visitors that were planning on coming to Chicago for the World's Fair. Uh, but there's no evidence that it was ever finished or used as a hotel. That's so weird to me. Like, why would you build a house and then be like, you know what? Let's put just one floor that's like an Airbnb. Right. <laughs> like, I know. And why not make that the first floor? Right. <laughs> But you have to walk past all of my endless hallways, the place where I murder people, and don't go down the chute to the basement. Also, there's a lot of furniture in there that I'm planning to sell. <laughs> um, but he, so this is kind of where that whole thing, I think, came from, where people were saying that he killed a bunch of people that were attending the World's Fair, like lured them away from the World's Fair, brought them to his hotel, then killed them all, and sent them in chutes down to his basement. None of that is true. So at this point, we know that he is a fraudster. He's a manipulator. Fraudster. Fraudster. But he was most definitely not a murderer at this point. I mean, that we know of. We don't know about the little boy, but that we know of, he's not a murderer. Okay. When Holmes was running the pharmacy in Chicago, he hired a man named Ned Connor to run the jewelry section. Ned had a wife named Julia. That really messed me up. I said to run the jewelry section, and then he had a wife named Julia, Julia and I can't. Julia. I thought maybe I had said that there was a Julia section. Anyway, 
Ned had a wife named Julia that began to have an affair with Holmes, who was married to two other women, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> and then when Ned found out about the affair, he left town leaving his wife and their child, Pearl, behind. Kind of... I really don't sad. understand cheating. I don't understand it either. You have a, you have someone. I know. If you're not happy with them, just break up with them. Well, I don't know. I mean, being a woman, maybe you couldn't really divorce your husband. So you could have an affair with someone? That sounds scandalous. It is scandalous. And that's why women were scandalous. <laughs> and wore red A's on their chest. Oh. I just, I have never understood it. And I don't it, understand a man being like, well, bye to you and my child. <laughs> Poor Pearl. Ugh, anyway, I'm Julia, gonna go marry someone else. Bye. <laughs> Julia and her child Pearl were both murdered by Holmes. Although Holmes insisted that Julia died during abortion that Holmes was performing on her. Oh, but we're pretty sure that they that he killed them. Two other women were known to interact with Holmes around this time and went missing and were never found. One of them being Emmeline Sigrand, who Holmes also claimed died during a botched abortion. Um, it could be that they did die during a botched abortion, but the fact of the matter is he keeps killing people. <laughs> One way or another. Yeah. In 1893... And how do you know the botched abortion wasn't a planned? Purpose, yeah. Right. In 1893, an actress named Minnie Williams was employed by Holmes as a stenographer. During this time... I don't know. What's a stenographer? Is that like a, a writer? A stenographer? C-E-N. C-E-N. <laughs> Oh, um, is that like a, a stenographer is like the person in court who like types up the yeah, court so I think or maybe like he would like write up a medical person or... who like a scribe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's I thought you said it. a stenographer. I was like, for all those botched abortions he's doing, I guess he like should get a stenographer. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> maybe he invented technology. stenography. I don't know. During this time, master manipulator Holmes convinced Minnie to sign the deed of her land in Fort Worth, Texas, over to an alias of Holmes. So, like, his another name that he went by. Yeah, it's a transcriber. Yeah. During that same time, Minnie's sister, Nanny, Minnie and (laughs) Minnie and Nanny, (laughs) come to visit her, and they both go missing and are never seen again. During his later trial, Holmes insisted that he and Minnie were romantically involved, and when Nanny came to visit, Minnie was overcome by jealousy and killed Nanny. Holmes helped Minnie dispose of the body and helped her escape the country. Oh my gosh. That's what he swears happened. <laughs> but it's also worth mentioning that around this time, Holmes was making money by selling real skeletons to labs and schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all profit to him. Mm-hmm. Could be why many of his suspected victims' bodies were never found. Because a lot of the people that people think that he killed have never been found. Well, they probably got butchered Sold. in a medical class. Right. While on his way to Fort Worth, Texas, Holmes meets another woman in Denver named Georgiana and marries his third wife. He's still maintaining these two first marriages, by the way. Well, maintaining them. He hasn't officially been divorced. <laughs> He's not keeping in contact with these well, women. Well, just you wait. <clears throat> Holmes goes to Fort Worth to claim the inheritance from Minnie, and while there, he gets chased out of town for stealing and reselling horses. So every, he just can't stop. Like, he cannot stop being... I see uh, that. Criminal. You just cannot. Holmes and Georgiana move to St. Louis where he decides to build another castle, but he got caught swindling money from his suppliers there. So the tactics that worked in Chicago did not work for him in St. Louis. At this point, Holmes is tried and put in jail in St. Louis where he meets his cellmate, Marion Hedgepeth, and tells him all about his best fraudulent stories. Okay. He also cooks up a plan to take out an insurance policy on himself, fake his death, and then collect the money. Hedgepath, his sil- his cellmate, hooks him up with a lawyer who can be bribed to help in this scam for a fee of $500. The insurance company becomes suspicious of his claim. <laughs> Finally, somebody's like, hey, that doesn't make any sense. And they refuse to pay. So he decided to try to scam again, but this time with his old friend and partner in crime, Benjamin Pitzel. The plan was to take out an insurance claim on, I think it's Pitzel. Let's call it Pitzel. The plan was to take out an insurance claim on Peitzel, give the insurance company a burned-up corpse that he just happens to have lying around, (laughs) and collect the money with Peitzel taking a cut. What actually happens is Holmes takes Peitzel out with chloroform and lights him on fire and kills him. Wow. So he tells Peitzel, like, all right, we're just going to find a body and I'll just pretend, you know, it's you, but it's not really you. Psych, it's you. Just kidding, it really is you. 
Paisel had a wife and kids, and his wife knew about the insurance scam, and she was told she would be reunited with her husband after some time to let things cool off from pretending to die. Poor Miss Paisel. I know. Holmes also convinces Paisel's wife to let his friend Minnie, his friend Minnie, take care of the children. Oh no, not Minnie. <laughs> Three kids, two girls, and a boy. While Holmes and Paisel's wife, while Holmes and Paisel's wife are on the run, so Holmes is like. Uh, we need to let things cool off because your husband just pretended to die. Also, let's you and I run away. Now, of course, Minnie was actually dead at this point, right? Right. So Holmes just kept the kids in his charge. Oh. So keep in mind, Holmes is still married to three wives, but actively intimate with his third wife, Georgiana. This leads to a confusing and chaotic time traveling with these three groups. If you are confused you are not alone let me try to break it down with you break it down break it down so there's three groups of people that holmes is is traveling with the first one georgiana who has no idea about any of the insurance scams Mm -hmm. and she's just like i'm married to the best man i'm so happy (laughs) i love him Two, there's peitzel's wife who thinks holmes is taking her around the country to keep suspicions off off of the scam and thinks she will eventually be reunited with her husband, who Holmes killed. And the third group are the three kids, who are supposed to be taken care of by Holmes' dead friend, and he is keeping the kids, um, oh, and his keeping the kids is kept secret from their mom, who is also on this trip. So he- (laughs) Where is he keeping the children? (laughs) There's gotta be, like, he's gotta have a twin or something, right? Because you cannot possibly keep these three stories up and just- I mean, the, he's kind of a genius if he was actually able to pull this off. I mean, a terrible guy. It sounds very stressful. I mean, yeah. All the while, like, your wife is like, I just love my husband. He goes away and does weird <laughs> things, but then he always comes back smelling like um, perfume. So Holmes drags these three groups around the country and even up to Canada. But after a while, he decides that the kids are just too much to handle. And he ends up killing Peitzel's three kids. Wow. Wow. Also, at some point, he heads back to his first wife. And the first one with, you know, uh, what was her name? Carla? Uh, Clara. That was close. (laughs) Clara. um, And her son, their son, Robert, and convinces her that there's been an accident and he has been struggling with amnesia for six years. He's like, I don't know what happened. Suddenly, I remember you, Clara. Yeah. Clara, Robert, I'm so sorry. I love you. Because he's like, I better add on. He's like, well, I, I had three groups. I killed one of them. So I better pick up another. I, mean, to I need to maintain. Going. Crazy. What? I didn't say anything. Okay. Yes, you did. But sorry. I said I need to maintain. Oh, yeah. Maintain the three groups. And then my stomach growled. So I don't know. If- <laughs> so you got distracted. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, the insurance company that was covering Peitzel's claim starts to be suspicious of all of this. Okay. And launches an investigation with a group called the Pinkertons. And they uncover masses of criminal and sadistic activity from Holmes. Hmm. They track him to Boston, where he's arrested and brought back to Philadelphia for trial. And during his trial, he confesses to 27 murders, although many of them were proved to be completely impossible for him to commit. (laughs) So what I'm thinking his tactic here is he's just going to say, I killed a ton of people. Right. And some of them are going to be proven to be false. So maybe he's thinking, they'll just think I'm crazy and they'll think none of them are real. Huh. I could see that. During his time in jail, Holmes writes about how his features have changed and how he was starting to resemble the devil. Oh. He's tried and found guilty and hung for the death of Benjamin Peitzel. In the House of Murders in Chicago, quote, House of Murders, (laughs) they uncover a torture chamber in the basement. Now, this part's true. Peitzel's daughter's bodies were found in one of the Holmes houses in Toronto, and his son's remains were found in a chimney in Indianapolis. Oh. I mean, all a r- Just a random chimney? <laughs> I guess maybe they had stayed there on their travels, and, and I, I don't know. The remains of Minnie and Nanny um, were found. It's not their bodies, but, like, their possessions were found in the castle in Chicago, as well as the remains of Julia's daughter, Pearl, from the pharmacy. Hmm. There was also speculation a few years ago from Holmes's great- great 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 grandson that holmes was also jack the ripper who terrorized london around this time interesting show yeah 
Um, I don't know that it's true, but Holmes's body was exhumed from its grave and its encasement and some, and its encasement in cement for DNA testing, and the testing proved that they were not the same person. So I don't doesn't matter what my opinion is. That's the <laughs> DNA evidence. <laughs> They're not. So I think this re- researching this and finding out about this, H. H. Holmes was not. I mean, yeah, he was insane, but he was not like a like the serial killer they make him out to be. Right. I mean, he kind of was. But he, he definitely murdered some people. He didn't murder because he wanted to murder. I think he just murdered people because it was convenient. Like, either yeah. he saw profit out of it, or he saw just convenience, or he was just tired of dealing with them. It wasn't like, I want to, like, I'm going to build this so I can murder people. It's more like, I just want, I'm really greedy, and I don't yeah. care about anybody else, and I lack empathy completely. So if you get in my way, you're going to die. I mean, no reason is a good reason to murder, but... Exactly. And he really didn't have any reason except... Um, his own personal his own gain. personal... Yeah, exactly. So, I thought that was pretty interesting to find out about H.H. H. Holmes. Yep. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our story about M.D. Murder. Murder. <laughs> That's why it's called murder and not muck duck. Okay. Cool. Thank you for listening. You can find us on social media like Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, if that's considered social media, at Eat Crime. You can also find us on Facebook at Eat Crime Pod, or you can email us if you feel like communicating with us another way, podcastck at gmail.com. Those links are in the description below, as well as those charities that we talked about in the first episode. Those are still there. Yeah, please consider um donating to them amy and i have yep and that's podcast ck c is in cat k is in kite c is in serial k is in killers who are they (laughs) what's our why is our email podcast ck we don't know that was the only thing available (laughs) that's that's the last email left on (laughs) gmail.com and we got it All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.